0: I mean, honestly, in terms of the, the costume, there's one scene in Rio where he turns up with, you know, sunglasses with the gold chain round and like a, 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 a purple lilac sequined uh, uh, chemise and uh, like a thing. And I'm like, you look like someone's aunt. You, I, I really feel like you're about to bust out a tray of sangria. But <laughs> it is really strange. Um, like, good for you for trying something different. But like, is it margarita hour? That's what it feels like. Um, and for the tea chat last week. Well, I've got more tea chat for you, James. Oh, God, guys, stop Because we did like eight and a half minutes last week. Basically, <laughs> the cameras could have been off or on. It didn't matter. It we were love. just going to talk about tea. Because in the intervening time between this last episode and this episode, well, more than enough tea. You know, I, I went for a few days away to the Cotswolds, yes, which is did. beautiful. i have never been there before. but like, was Holy crap, crap, just lovely. You know, great weather, lots of lovely walks. It's a bit, it is biscuits in Britain. It is steam trains, you know, walking down to the the pub and stuff. Little paper towns. Quaint and quintessential. Um, But while I was there, not only did I have a lot of cream teas, and, you know, they do the thing where they bring out the the tea and they bring the hot water as well. I love that. Mm. But I bought myself a new teapot, James. Oh, China? No. No China, no China. China. I bought myself an enamel teapot. Okay. So it's metal. No. Right? Ah, because when I'm looking at this metal teapot, mm. and already I see not only do I like the glaze on it, but mm. the, the, when you're buying a teapot, the thing you got to be careful Go about on. is the pour. You're looking yeah. at the spout because you can buy a teapot and some if they're badly made. You're there with a the protractor, like doing <laughs> the angles. <laughs> if you pour the liquid out of it and it just spurts everywhere, some some teapots have a bad pour, but mm. I can tell from this pour, this part had a good pour. Science. It's going to um, be like, you know, those like hotel fountains that like have a continuous stream, yeah. but, like uninterrupted water. That's what you're going for. And I, the reason I bought an enamel one, because I was like, it's metal. So that will conduct the heat and keep the thing hot mm. much longer. You know, mm. it's not a sink heat. I'm not a, as you can tell, James, I'm not a physicist. No. But, you know, ceramic absorbs heat, but metal gets hot. Is it, it metal th- on the inside or the outside, or the whole it's, way? It, well, it's, it's, it's metal, but glazed in ceramic. enamel. Yeah, because if it was no, all metal, in metal an enamel the, yeah. the, the heat would... Diffuse out well, it's it is inherently Conduct. metal, That's yes. What but it as is. long as it's wrapped in, so if it's metal on the inside, it's it it well, really it, warm it, hot all quickly. of it is glazed, all of it is glazed. But the inherent <laughs> properties of it James. is that it's metal, which means that it gets hot really quickly, right? And nice. then it gets like hot, like a proper teapot, hot. Yeah, yeah. So when you make the tea nap. I digress. James, the point is I bought this teapot yeah. and I come home and I finally make a pot of tea in it. And it is like amazing. It's, it. it's yeah. amazing. And I thought the listeners need to know this. That's the good. steam coming out of it. Oh, you love it. But, and I get, you give yourself a little facial when you open it up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. Um, terrific. So I'm, I, just, I hope you- We have a lot of that. love for the tea chat. People are like, yeah. I thought I came here for the films, but I actually realized I came here for the tea. We are, you know, we're, we're multi-dimensional people. We, we yeah. love things beyond film. Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> yeah. when we when there. we press record we don't just go <laughs> <laughs> out <Right>. down <laughs> like over, over the years we've done this podcast I've gotten lazier and lazier at putting all of this kit away because like your chances are you're coming over in yeah. 3 4 days so now the mics don't go Away, yeah. Like I just, I just wind them for a couple of weeks. Like, there'll be times where I just don't put the light away. I'm just like, I cannot be asked to do it. Cameras have to go, yeah. There's gonna be a time where I'm like, George, just you just stay there now. Yeah. <laughs> this is where you live. Yeah. A just week will sleep. go by, I'm like, oh, it's time to do the podcast. <laughs> Let's get George out the cupboard again, <laughs> yeah. blow him up for this. Yeah. Like, strap a VR headset to your face. You know, you can like go to the cinema on VR, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I'll do that for you, and then you can see all the films and yeah, take a bite. Your Pretend family, to go your home, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so James, you through your other side of yourself yeah. which does exist do your day job you actually got to go to the TV BAFTAs the completely other day. unrelated to, to this was not invited not that i think we would be in in that not as an influencer capacity I, i'm sure we were just the just the one one, one other off, off the list because the yeah. there was i saw uh Meunier, the tiktoker That's there right. he was the only tiktoker i if we're going to call ourselves too if we were to be invited it would be as of the yes. capacity as a tiktoker and he has considerably more followers he has us. a few million yeah, a, uh, a few million and a few hundred thousand more than us uh, so he was the only tiktoker i was there i'm like, you bus and come <laughs> for everything you are. no I went to the baftas it was really cool i uh so we were filming some basically some branded stuff there and this job came in like a month before and it's like oh do you want to do some filming at the baftas and i was like yeah, yeah. i uh, love tv yeah loves to and then um we had like this the red carpet was huge and it was at. um it was festival. in the south bank yeah. royal festival hall obviously i didn't go into the actual mm. ceremony really? like i saw them doing sound check mm. but like we just had a bit on the red carpet there's like Big chunks to the red carpet. There's like this first bit mm-hmm. where you get sort of like a video production spot allocation. And then as the celebrities pour in, you basically just like yank them over and get them to do a piece to camera. BAFTA had like their own and then like other TV and mm-hmm. online things basically like have all these TV things. Then there's like the second phase of the red carpet, which is just like open pap, open press, pa 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 pa. pa. Yeah. You've got some fans lining up there. And um it was really cool. I saw a lot of famous people. There yes. was this interesting point where once the celebs have done their like video bits, there is a queue for a photo wall to have your official photo against the yes. wall. And it's weird because like you've never seen celebrities queue. Yes, that's right. I got to see celebrities queue. It's celebrities you don't think exist in the same world. Queue next to each other. So And I'm standing like as close as I am to you now trying to awkwardly film them. <laughs> and I'm seeing... Killian Murphy, Stephen Merchant, and Spencer <laughs> Matthews from Made in Chelsea queue together. And I'm like, this is just weird. Chatting He's, with each other? Uh, ish, sort of like yeah. conversing. Nobody was really like, a little bit of chat, but yeah. not, like everyone had someone that they were with. Right. So they were sort of like passing hellos or like Lee Mack yeah. next to like that person. I was like, this yeah. is just a weird like melding of, um, of worlds. So that was really cool. And then there are certain celebrities who don't have to queue. Oh. Kate, Kate Winslet, George. She doesn't queue. Oh, really? Gary Oldman doesn't queue i actually thought killian murphy could not queue maybe yeah. once oppenheimer comes out yeah, he won't yeah, yeah. have to queue uh because you know, they're, they're film actors who have happen film. to be doing tv yeah like yeah. he's sort of graduating from his yeah. peaky blindness thing and like you know you know, you've got like anton deck and i saw jason isaacs martin so freeman very easy to spot. He always wears a colorful suit it, it, just the thing sorry but you say they don't queue does that mean they have to like they just push past all the other people queuing yeah like, it's like imagine like it's at it, it, the beginning of the red carpet it's actually quite fast moving but like once everyone starts turning up at once like that's people hmm. are, like, told, you need to get your photo done here, and just a natural cue starts to happen. Yeah. And there'll be, like, sort of 20-plus people waiting to get their photo so they can actually just move on through. But then, like, you know, Kate Winslet turns up. She's not going to stand there. No. And Kate Winslet, I mean... Come you on, know, steps. like, just, just radiating star quality, a veteran of the red carpet, yeah. just oozing cool and she was with her daughter who was also course, nominated yeah. And um, she just she, glided in just glides and just looks looks amazing like has just an air of confidence mm. and star quality it's it's sort of an, un, an undescribable intangible uh, feeling of yeah. someone that's just definitely better than you in every way wow. Um, but yeah it's cool that sounds very fun and and uh i've seen kate Winslet in interviews and she seems very nice she does seem nice but yeah. i uh i had a very weird amount of access so like it's very protective you're not really allowed to walk around with a camera i mean you and i when we've done red carpet stuff we've been told very clearly do not bring a big camera yeah it's very political about you know the press are allocated their spot yeah. you can't just walk around and get better imagery than they do yeah, when they fight exactly. for the spot but i was technically with a Video camera on the carpet, and we have sort of told to stay in this area. But I was sort of always, always also instructed, like, if you can get like right. shots of people on the camera, like, obviously don't take the piss, but like, be there. So I'm sort of just like, I made friends with the security, and I kind of just roamed around the red carpet. And other people were like, How are you allowed to do yeah. this? And I was like, I don't know. Two but words. I'll get you. Yeah. They know me. And it was a really sunny day. So I took my jacket, it was black tie, but I took my jacket off. So I'm like, tall in a white shirt and i had so many people sending me screenshots of different uh, media outlets of me in the back just like looking trying to yeah. find people it's the it most great squinting i've ever seen you do yeah really. it was like really hot and like daisy may cooper was there she yeah. was great energy she like loved she was like really happy to be there It was like oh my god that person's here and she was like hugging all the yeah, fans yeah, i, saw. I um, saw her do a bit with taron edgerton which is really funny yeah i saw taron again two two worlds that i didn't yes. know yes that's what that's what I found weird. It's like TV and and like high prestige actor people and comedians and mm. like Joel Dommett next to whoever like Joel who oh never mind and uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. yeah like just people next to people you didn't think and I was like I've never seen this person queue. Mm. I always thought celebrities never queued, but they they do queue. Yeah, and then I got like. Behind, you know, when they like all the press are lined up and they're doing all these interviews, yeah. I got to go like behind them and just like get my own nice. little version of nice. their interview. Like, like, I don't know pirating. Don't know any the... of that footage could be used. I like, yeah. might be like that's like illegal footage, but I had a really good time just people oh, watching man. for the day. One yeah. day, James. One day. One day. Ramesh, Ranganathan and Nathan and Rob Beckett. Yeah, were it was good? I didn't see anyone on TV. So I don't yeah, know. I, I saw them warming up and then I on the red carpet. I was like, hi, hi, Ramesh and Rob. Uh, uh, is it okay if I get a shot of you waving to my camera? <laughs> they were like, yeah, sure. And they like waved. <laughs> really but they were like joking. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because well, um, Romesh is so deadpan. Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. Yeah. Oh, great! Well, Fair imagine on. a good time. Good and one day, James, we'll we'll, we'll walk the carpet. One day we'll go, and there'll be another person on the video saying, "Excuse me, excuse <laughs> me, James. I'd love to get some of you." Twenty thousand, right now. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to episode seventy-seven. 77. That's big. That is it. Is it so, yeah, 77. seventy-seven is like nineteen seventy-seven when Star Wars came out. That's just like exactly. a lot of. Pew, Big Lower number. your expectations for this episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you're joining us for the first time, welcome to Pulp Kitchen. Which I know some people are. Some people are. The show grows. Who the, the hell are these guys that are probably thinking? We'll be talking about film and TV today. Probably just film, actually. Actually, yeah. we have no TV to talk about today, but we talk about film. And uh, we should get on with it. We've got a couple of film reviews to do. Sure. And we'll have some games at the end and some emails. And And for all our returning listeners... Hi how guys, you doing? So you're all right? So great to have you back. Get in here. I hope you've had a great <laughs> Come week. Come on, yeah. Take don't you be know, shy. Take your shoes off. Sit yeah. back, relax. Yeah. Let's have a nice time. Let's talk about some movies. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. So we're actually recording about, last time we recorded was about 10 days ago, but uh, frustratingly we actually went, got managed to see a screening of a film called Sisu after we recorded. So yeah. we're a little bit late talking about it, but the film is now out. Uh, we actually got get a chance to see it early at the um, central, Picture House Central. Yes, again, nice cinema. Very nice cinema. Very, you know what, a huge screen that was very loud. Yes. But like for this film, I actually appreciated yeah. how loud and sort of. Yeah, imposing it was. Uh, This one's called Sisu, and I don't know if you guys have seen uh, any marketing posters for it. It's a very wearied, wrinkled, hairy, yeah. grainy, dirty man with little hairs flicking about and a big knife over the front of his uh, of his forehead with his flecks of gold blood. Uh, and Sisu is a Finnish film directed by Halmari Halanda and stars Hjorma Tomila. And I'm already going to apologise for the yes. pronunciation of these Finnish names, which I know I've probably butchered. And Sisu is set in the sort of latter parts World War II in 1944 uh, in Finland and it is basically set in the countryside in Finland we're sort of given a brief blurb of what's sort of happening in the war and basically after ravaging parts of the nation the Nazis have essentially ordered to move out uh, and are leaving a desolation yeah, in their wake scorched earth. a scorched earth and and um, i assume it's shot in in sort of that part of finland cuz it's very much got a sense of place and location and we start with our silent protagonist who was the name of the silent protagonist Atami. just doesn't really matter dirty man wild man gold our, man our silent protagonist who is a uh, he lives wild in in, in, the, in with the earth amongst the amongst the fjords and he is a prospector who digs for gold and in the beginning of the film He finds a big lump of gold in the ground, and it's literally just like sorry, him in a tent and his dog and a horse. Yes, yeah, simple, simple, simple life. Um, And he strikes gold, and the gold glows in his eyes and radiates all over him it's a very atmospheric soundtrack it's not seriously, like, amazing um sort of wide cinematography soaring through the landscape this this sense of like impending doom and dread and this guttural yeah. earthy soundtrack sort of really like sets the tone And it is like a bunch of really what i imagine really large finnish men with beards in um a church in Reykjavik, yeah, yeah, which yeah. i know is iceland but like i've been to the church where they oh right you think you, mean, you know that famous church that sort of goes like that in Reykjavik. no an architecture. Never architecture. I, I, I've never been. To Eric it's been. like it kind of I think there are like Finnish like people massive, I was screaming that yeah. you've just conflated the two I countries. Know I'm not conflated too, but they record loads of that type of oh, music really? and audio in this. It looks like an organ. The church looks okay, like a massive. Okay. What I've been. Yeah. It's fantastic. Yeah. And uh, they recorded the God of War soundtrack there. If anyone who knows, okay. With okay. But anyway, sorry. There's this, this, uh, like real weird. Yes. Like that. And the Nazis are obviously like imposing on the people. And we also sorry. And, and yeah, you see like flickers of war. You see like yes explosions off of the horizon. The you sound. see bombs. Bombers coming overhead. There's just the the hint of war is over there. And also the sense that it's moving and retreating and ever sort of ebb and Mm. flowing. Meanwhile, we have two sort of remaining um, uh, squadrons of Nazi soldiers that are left, basically all sort of drained, dirtied, is slumped over the, the roof of a tank in the back of a car with a couple of prisoners moving through the landscape, being told this: these are their orders, but who do they come across on the horse like a cowboy? It is our Sisu. Yeah. Um, and someone realises that the person that they've encountered not only has gold on him, but they've actually bumped into someone of legendary status, <laughs> and they know who this person is, and they're like... We, there is this saying that happens when a man is at the very end of his life. It's this last breath of strength and endurance. We do not have a word to translate uh, it, yeah. but in fin- Finland we call it. Sisu yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. screen, and what follows is uh, Sisu being hunted down for the gold which he possesses uh, by these Germans and he's basically trying to get it uh, to, into town to, to sell it and um, yeah I think you know we can draw lots of very clear mm. influences from Tarantino. Mad Max, westerns Die Hard, westerns in general. It, it, it's it's a short ninety minute film, yeah, but tight. Which was definitely tight, and it's very heavily chaptered. I think it was six or seven yeah, chapters, yeah. like big splash on the screen, telling uh, you exactly what you're about to. A very pulpy yellow, yes, that, that sort of stamped yellow, yeah. like very much uh, in, indicative of Tarantino. Yeah. Um, yeah, George, Sisu, yeah. how did you get on with it? So that's it. So uh, you're, you're very well described, and I hope people have kind of got a good picture of it now. Um, so Sisu... Wildly violent as well. Wildly, <laughs> like, yeah. So, un- unbelievably violent. It sounds like a war film, but it really is a Western, really. Yeah. It's one man on a horse, as you, as you say... You know, uh, and, and I also he, think that the World War II setting is almost a happenstance. It could, uh, yeah. it could have been set he, in yeah. all sorts of different. He could settings have been coming across like a stagecoach, stage wagon, yes. bandits, whatever. But it, it's just they've updated it, and given it kind of a nice sort of World War II spin. Because mm. in doing so, you get these great, you know, evil German villains with uh, with yeah. um, SS. Hats and, and one of the SS commander has these uh uh boots that have metal teeth on the, yeah. on, the on the cap, <laughs> just in case you didn't know they were back, we weren't back guys, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just in case you didn't know, they're dressed yeah. all in black and have yeah. skulls in the cap. Um, yeah, Sisu is here's the thing with Sisu it's 90 minutes, yeah, it doesn't really have any depth, it doesn't really have any themes. But what it is is a really sharp execution mm. of uh going from point A to point B and having as much fun and uh a big as bit as delivering as many sort of weird and well-executed set pieces along the way. Yep. I think you and I, when we came out of it, we we don't try to talk about films because obviously we say this, it. but what we did say is how sparse and uh, concise it was. And this is yep. a film that really is, very show don't tell. The dialogue is incredibly minimal. I said to you when I came out you could easily lose every piece of dialogue if you wanted. The film worked visually without the use of dialogue and when characters did speak it was only to service the raising of tension. Yes. So it was providing context for who it was they had stumbled across like stories of this man who had taken down a hundred Russian soldiers himself and he's, he's impossible to kill and then also like increasing tension for certain scenes. So like with someone, there were like two people who were like where he gone yeah. and it was you didn't have to do that but it was raising the stakes like there's just no wasted words exactly. everything was there to contribute and to it's a, and, the and it's a real skill to do that yeah. it's a real nice exercise because it immediately makes you as an audience lean in and engage and really look at the images that are happening in front of you and how yeah. they, they you know they work together um there are some you know it doesn't scrimp on the violence no. it's really big gory bloody stuff um and you know it's, it's heavily genrefied. Like this whole idea of finding someone who's an old war horse who actually turns out to be somebody from the, you, you've you called out of retirement. It's John Wick. It's I, taken, I said it's this, I'm officially claiming a new genre, yeah. which is men being dragged out of retirement and yeah. having to commit last acts of violence exactly. for a greater good. It's, um, it's, it's the good shepherd turned like war, war person. Yeah. And uh, that happens in this. I will say that, um, that, look, Sisu is at best like a big. Friday night beers pizza yeah. see it with your mates kind of movie and I and like, we we had a good time seeing it but like I I particularly the friends who I see horror films with regularly I was like oh, I wish I'd seen it with like a big group of friends and yeah. we would have got a lot of laughs out of that enjoy because it. it is and it's funny it's got real like well, this is slapstick it. violence yeah here. and actually sometimes to its detriment because it is a lot of it is silly mm. some of it is ridiculous oh it's insane and some of it once or twice I was just like that is just stupid the the, the bit it's not the violence that um that caught it out. So it's not the violence that caught it out it's there's one bit where um they the go match. to yeah, yeah. No, no, no. actually no no it's, not the bit. it's a bit where um, someone goes to refuel they're looking for gasoline and like this guy's got a jerry can he's like looking at this abandoned fuel station but he's got a huge cigar lit. And I'm yeah. like, you're at a fuel station. What are you doing? You could go up any minute. Um, but I, yeah, there's some bits with improbable use of bodies as bullet shields. Oh yeah. Uh, when he throws the mine onto the guy's uh, forehead yeah. yeah. His How, his yeah. How did he get the mine up? But at- like, despite that, it, it it did a good job, I think. It is ridiculous. Yeah. There are moments where I think the whole audience laughs at the ridiculousness of it. But the I think that, actual, that laugh, yeah. Yeah, that laugh, I feel, is everyone kind of on board for it. Yes. Yeah. I think there's, there's moments like right up until the end where, you know, I'll just say that the plane bit when yeah, you yeah, realise yeah, what yeah. he's trying to do with the plane, and I'm like, this is just so insane that yeah, this yeah. is going to happen. But I'm almost like, I, you've, you've, you've escalated the ridiculousness yes. slowly over the course of ninety minutes. Yeah. You've not wasted my time with like useless bits of dialogue. So I'm actually like actually on board to yeah. see how ridiculous it can go. And I know I it never really sort of annoyed me. I just thought it's good fun. Nobody's taking it too seriously. Totally. I think the, the I, it, that's it. That, that's all it needs to be a ninety minute yeah. serviceable pure fun, good pure fun thing with like really like strong violence uh, a kind of tongue-in-cheek sense of humor shot as well Beautifully shot. Of i mean landscape. it does have the thing where um all the nazis speak english there's a mixture and you have some danish actors and <laughs> some God english Jack actors Doolin also doing slightly I english heard this man took down 100 soldiers yeah. alone <laughs> and, 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 but, and but the dialogue is really actually like very uh generically american it's like get rid of your sorry ass out of here. Yeah. This guy's one bad motherfucker. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, they wouldn't even like, even like English speaking Germans, um, which is just strange. But uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's a good fun. uh, I wouldn't have been surprised if there'd been like a Lieutenant Aldo rain esque character, like walk in, like just larger than life, never really seen anyone like him. Um, So yeah, I think, I think if you catch this, this is one, it's, it's just a, that tight 90 that you can just throw on and, and have a good fun with people. If you, you really kind of suspend your disbelief and just let let the skill of its uh, concision and its tightness... Just work. It's basically it's almost like a video game, isn't yeah. it? It's it's not there to say something else, it's just to get set piece to set piece. I feel, I feel like you could you could easily sort of look at Mad Max Fury Road and say yeah. this this very much looked at that and said, How can we tell a really tight story yeah. just using visuals and action and, yeah. and, and communicate emotion and progression just by doing that exactly. and not just depend on story building? Yeah. There's one scene where it does story building oh, it yeah. tells you exactly who. Here comes the sees exposition, dumb. Yeah. And then that's it. And it's yeah. five Minutes and then it moves on. I will say as well, just on a side point, we saw, we saw it at the Pitch House Centre, which was very good. And um I was there was a bit a bit. Well, I don't know if you saw this because you were kind of sat to, to my right, but there, oh, was, in front of of, us. Yeah. there was a front. Yeah in front. Completely got, separately to the front. Yeah, a guy in front of us, and, and you know, this was a screening, so there's industry people here. I was You've very been invited by yeah. industry. Yeah, to, to to be there. And you just there's an assumption of
1: it's just the audience would yeah. be
0: better behaved. It's yes. not like random people coming off the street. I know. Anyway, so this guy in front, about ten minutes in, like so gets gets his us, phone yeah. out, and obviously we can all see because it it's very bright. And he's yeah. and he's trying. He's not actually recording. He's trying to take a photo of the stuff. But it's like but, what? But but you're immediately like. So I'm immediately distracted, but I'm like, what are you? What are you doing? I these, saw these it two as well. these two old geezers next to me actually were just straight on it, and this he like kicked the back of the guy's chair. And he was like, hey, it's recording. And obviously he usher, mentioned motion to the ushers, and the yeah. ushers were straight in and saying, you can't do that. You can't record. And this guy's sort of reaction was like, what? I'm not. Too, <laughs> so, I'm so he's just, he's, sta- he's asked to leave, yeah. right? And well, also, we're in the front of the cinema. There's a the the lot front. of people. So everyone can see this happening. We're, we're in the front of the cinema. has come over. Has asked him to leave. He's got a bright phone screen. And instead of just leaving quietly, he stands up to face the audience. He goes, he looks like my friend. What yeah. are you going to do? He looks yeah. like my friend. Like, as if we'd all go, oh, don't let him take a picture. A picture. It looks yeah. like his friend that we all care about. Yeah. Like, as if... Like who in it's, what world is that okay so you do? Like, obviously, like not only is obviously uh, photographing and video, videoing films in the cinema illegal. It's just like clear law. It's just like, like, yeah, it's just like etiquette. What are you here? What are you trying to get off your fucking phone, mate? So, but good on the ushers again, straight on it as well. Um, and I should say went later when I went to see Fast X, it was like the men in black were just like <laughs> lining up against really? the wall. Yeah. And they were like, don't take, do not take your phone out. At any point I thought, if I took my phone out in Fast X, Vin Diesel was gonna jump through with a car and just take <laughs> off my head. Taste Momoa just snatch <laughs> yeah, your neck yeah. from mine. I uh, I have seen clips on. You you mentioned this the other day. You talk about Guardian spoilers going on social media. I've seen people on my TikTok last scene of Fast X. It like filmed from a cinema, just, and I'm like, oh my god. Like, I just, not that I've that. I just touched. opened my laptop to get some points ready for when we review it in a second. Yeah. And the mid credits thing is is an article in the Independent, so and I'm like, weird. well, that's just. Killed the whole thing. I will say it's probably the most interesting thing in the entire film, but we'll get onto that. Yeah. But uh, it is a shame that films their lifespan is just cut like immediately. Yeah. It's online, you can see it, whatever, and there's nothing really film companies could do to no. shut it down. But yeah, guys, don't get your phone out. I feel invited to a screening. Like I know, I, I, yeah, I would shut someone down in like any cinema if they were filming with their phone. But it's particularly. Yeah. I've seen kids doing that. They'll. I've seen kids like Snapchatting pictures of of a film that they're watching. I did like, l- last year doing? when I went to see Top Gun Maverick at the at the premiere. There's yeah. people. Somebody got the guy in front was recording one of the scenes, and I. Yeah. He, and then they left actually it was really and funny. this is like a, 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 a like a 10, 11 year old girl who was with her dad Ugh. and I'm like how I understand like put your phone away kids just put it away and watch. anyway sorry anyway aside from the wrap uh, it's, it's really, e- really good fun and well executed well executed, executed tight <laughs> finished film that's called Sisu and it's out now Okay, as we just mentioned, uh, I, I had gone to see Fast X this week. It's another film that we're going to see. Are we and saying 10 or X? Well, I'm saying X because it sounds better. Saying Fast 10, you're right. It is, is it a Roman, Roman numeral. Say but it's the 10th or 11th. You're right, I've been saying Fast X like it's a kiss. Like it's Fast a Roman numeral. <laughs> I mean, look, there is no... There's famously the in-joke. No there's no consistency. No. It's just whatever they found. Fa- Fate of the Furious was when we knew that it was just a bit of a... Whatever you need. Yeah. When, when Sorry, I, I know you haven't seen it. I'm trying to think if... When we watched Fast Five, were there five of them? Yes, there were. There were five people, you mean? Yeah. No, no, there were no, there had just been five films. No, I, I remember like, when Fast like Five Fast came five. out <laughs> and it was Fast Five colon Rio heist. Yes. As if to clarify to people where this movie is set and what just kind so of genre no. it is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just just spraw- sprawling, <laughs> such is the Fast and Furious films. Well, this is interesting because so I, I've been to see it and I should say that I have not seen a single Fast and Furious yes. film. I, I vaguely saw one on a ferry in 2005 from England <laughs> to France. Okay, that's my... So t- too the, fast, too furious, that was. My ferry going from Gilear to Bali was showing fast, I don't know, seven or eight. Maybe they have exclusivity the to... deal with ferries. <laughs> yeah. um, Netflix, no, thank you. We've got <laughs> Indonesian ferries going. Uh, so, look, I went to see it because a friend of mine uh, uh, works in the industry and he had a spare ticket and invited me. And I thought, look, I, I thought it'd be an interesting exercise to just walk into this franchise 10 films in. I am aware of the culture around these films. I am aware yeah. what they're about. I'm aware of the jokes about family and I know Vin Diesel and obviously Paul Walker and uh you know the whole thing with the Rock mm. and um I am aware of the kind of preposterousness of it, the kind of silliness of it and I mm. and I was totally fine with that. I was open to it. I know these films can get very long. Um, but I thought it would be an interesting exercise as an outsider to go and see this. And the friend I saw mm-hmm. it with, who was much more up to speed with the, the franchise, saw it at the uh, Cineworld Leicester Square IMAX, yeah. huge screen. Um, and I think before I go into Fast X, I'm just going to call it Fast X, yeah. is that whatever I say next, it is irrelevant because we're 10 films into this franchise. Yeah. Nothing 11, is stopping technically. yeah 11 films technically we are nothing is stopping it you know this film this franchise is going to exist and continue regardless of of, of what happens with it and every time a fast film comes out it's very popular for people to come out and go oh my god it's so preposterous and silly Mm. and shake their fist at it and it it, it almost seems like passe to do that now because Mm. we know that these films are preposterous and ridiculous even though i've not seen them but i'm just aware that's their reputation. But having said that, I will give you my thoughts regardless of what I thought about Fast X. So, what? Let's just get the story of Fast X down. So, um, uh, as you summarized, I think when we were talking about it off air, it's like somebody from Dominic Toretto's past comes back to threaten his family and his legacy and puts him in peril. Yes, that's. And them. then they join the group. Yeah, they just turned good so and join the gang. What's happening? Dominic Toretto lives in, I think, Los Angeles. He has a son. He's, he's with Michelle Rodriguez and he has his family. And his family. Is uh, you know um, Ludacris and Tyrese Gibson, and we get his grandmother, uh, played by Rita Moreno from West Side Story, coming in, who dressed in a white jumpsuit like she's Elvis. Yeah. Um, great for a scene, but like whatever. You also have Charlie Theron's character. You also have John Cena, who was the villain in the last one, who's now because he was Dom's <laughs> as well long as Jason lost Statham, yeah, uh, as well. Jason Statham, and who was Dom's long lost brother and Dwayne the Rock Johnson. For him and Vin Diesel fell out. Yes, exactly. And and then you have. Um, uh, the, uh, Brie Larson turning up, yeah, yes, Oscar exactly. winner Brie Larson. So yeah. a stacked cast. If you look at the poster, it's really big. And Jason Huge Momoa. Jason Momoa is the big villain this nice. time, I, and we'll get to that. And something in the past has has brought this thing to the future. And oh, there's a there's a reckoning coming, Dom. You know, look, look you know, we'll look out for it. I'm sorry, is this uh, part one of like the final thing? Three. It's the part one of the fight. They were good. It was. It's the end of the road begins. It was going to be <laughs> Fast X part one. And now it's going to be like... We're going to do them Fast X Part 2. Now there's going to be another 3. So it's the final... They're doing a third, final trilogy of films. So they're going to do X Parts 2 and 3. Yes. They're not going to do 11, 12. No. They're <laughs> going to do Fast X Part 1, Fast X Part 2, Fast X Part 3. I know. Oh it's ridiculous. Somewhere someone has fallen on a keyboard for typing in these titles. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, look. Here's the thing to oh. say about uh, uh, the Fast and Furious X. Fast and Furious Ten james i really tried Mm. i really tried Mm. to to go into this and be open-minded and enjoy it from every single possible angle i tried to think of it as turn your brain off just enjoy the action the spectacle or Mm. try and enjoy it for its sort of scale and its preposterousness try and enjoy it uh, ironically Mm. try and enjoy it enjoy it with the uh, the mate of mine but i couldn't james it's bad and it's Really, really boring. That's the thing. It's two hours and twenty minutes of visual noise. Okay, mm. it is everything I feared it would be, yeah. and more. I mean, again, ranting about it is kind of pointless. People always do this every time the Fast Film comes out. But just, just broadly speaking, like the editing's terrible, the pacing's terrible, the dialogue's terrible. There is no story. it, it Dominic Toretto. Is one of the single most boring lead characters yeah. I've ever come across. He is a blank canvas of nothing. He is a banter black hole. Vin Diesel is a is a potato. He is just a potato on he's screen. He's one word. He's a one line. Family vessel. Just to, and know. his growl has got out of control. Oh, he has cheap. he has swallowed an engine, a car engine, and he <laughs> just. And I'm like, what is going on? But there are things that happened in this film, mm. big dramatic things. And his reaction is just so minimal and minute. It's like mm. when I, a few weeks ago, when I talked about Bob Odenkirk, talking about Steven Seagal, it's like, you know, have you ever spoken to a rock? It's like, yeah. this is it. It's it's Vin Diesel's most wooden performance and he's played a tree, okay? <laughs> like, it doesn't make any sense. But that's the center of the whole film. And it's him in, I counted, three different denim cut off shirts but that's all he wears with his you know cross and family yeah and you've got a whirlwind of talent around him trying to you know uh, um, michelle rodriguez trying to just like make him seem like a normal human being and make him like a father yeah it's lots of that damn uh anyway uh yeah so jason momoa turns up the one when michelle rodriguez gets uh she can't remember. She gets amnesia, and she tries to she tries to kill them. But then, oh, like they no. they drop her memory. In you the know end. what? Doesn't doesn't <laughs> surprise I think it's me. Six or seven. Uh, anyway, so that's that thing. I re- I really struggle with that. I think, like the the, the pacing of the dialogue is so. Well, the, 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 the script, this dialogue is is really poor. So none of the jokes land. There are so many long scenes that aren't the car scenes, right? And just sort of hang there. Yeah. The pacing is really weird. You'll have a scene start, and then it will quickly end. And every scene ends with someone going, "Don't worry." I know a guy. Or, don't worry, let's get some gear. Yeah. I, 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 just building and building. Um, I think, like, all the things that you would assume... With that the, 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 Even taking the dialogue aside, if I was like, I want to enjoy the spectacle, I want to enjoy the mm. stuff, the the, the the scenes of action aren't actually that well shot I, I i didn't like the actual scenes of hand-to-hand combat and shooting mm. they're, they're, filmed, the combat. they're filmed oh, very oh, tightly oh, wait, oh, wait 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 okay. they're filmed very tightly and they're cut like taken three you know they're cut so quickly i yeah. can't even follow what's happening so apparently you know dom's just dispatched three you know squads of SWAT team people but like I-, I couldn't even tell it's just a lot of noise go on uh, is, was there a moment I've not seen this was there a moment in the third act where the one of the good female characters and one of the bad female characters got locked in a room but they <laughs> fought and it was like ah oh, we're women so we're gonna have a fight uh yeah actually that happens every film yeah it was it's even in the trailer so michelle Rodriguez. that they got run around michelle Rodriguez, constantly. and uh, charlie's Theron. yeah there's always like the girls that have a big yeah, fight yeah, exactly like, yeah but they the, the the there are like four different films happening you've got something with charlie's Theron. john cena turns up and basically does like uh Is like, like a, 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 it's, we it's like a father figure camp comedy bit with 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 uh dom's son you've got a whole oh, thing gosh. in there's a bit where they go to london yeah. And you have lots of B-roll of London, but then like you cut down in the alleyways, and I'm like, you're on a soundstage in Burbank, and there's a <laughs> there's a really bizarre random cameo with Pete Davidson, which okay, it doesn't they're meant to be in London, and, and they just give they just don't care about the pretense of where they're meant to be. Yeah. So he's there, American. Someone knocks into something. He says that's going to be like three thousand dollars worth of damage. I'm like, you're meant to be in like. Like Southwark, you <laughs> know, well, this doesn't make any sense, okay. But all of that aside, I having someone like me just like rant about Fast and Furious is kind of like I said, I could be here all day, and yeah. go in the face, it won't make any difference. But I was sitting there, I was thinking, why isn't this working? What is it that that, that isn't entertaining in any way? And I think the reason is this for a film that's about death defying stunts mm-hmm. and you know, cars leaping off of things and, and, and nitrous oxide boost and all that kind of stuff, Fairly. all that kind of big scale stuff the film actually takes no risks. Mm. This is a film in which any dramatic situation, any conflict, any serious moment of threat can be uh, CGI'd away with a car stunt, a a car stunt that obeys no laws of physics. You you didn't fear for your characters. Not once at all. Any... Uh, issue can be teched away. Tech. I'll just hack I into love the mainframe. ludicrous's story. I'll, I'll just say, tech. In the first films, Ludacris was like a mechanic who did street races by night, yeah. and then you cut like six films later, and he's like, "I'm hacking into yeah. the Pentagon." He's like a quantum <laughs> physicist in this. He's yeah. like, "Oh, this is a, this is a bomb with like a triple axle core, and you got to... Uh, what? Uh, he <laughs> Ludacris did so well getting cast in the Fast yeah. and Furious and whatever film. But like, so you anything can be teched away and explained away, and like the, the CGI thing is a real point because you have set pieces where they just go and then the car will just do this this and this and you're like that is not possible in the universe for that thing they to happen that no i know i know of the charm, but the problem but, yes. and, but they just say yeah but we'll just cgi it's so the car kind of does that but the problem is me as an audience member mm. it's kind of subconscious your brain goes well i know what i'm watching is not real and Whenever it got to the third act when there were big threats, and I was like, Yeah, but I know what you're mm. going to do. You're just going to do a rubbery CGI car thing, mm. which wouldn't be possible it's in shame the real that world. You're not convinced by the CG at film 10, 11, and you think they'd have budget. Because to... it doesn't, obviously, all blockbuster films use CGI and, 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 and kind of suspend the feeling of disbelief in a way. But with this, it's just like, that's just not real. You're, you're, you've kind of, there is no internal logic. For, uh, no rules. The film doesn't obey by any rules, because any time it comes into the, the friction or the obstacle of a rule, it just goes, Oh, wow, just get around that. And you can almost mm-hmm. see Vin Diesel in the writer's room leaning over the writer's we well, just write around that. Well, he can just get in a car and do that, can't he? Mm-hmm. Oh, they've got a problem with that. Well, they can just hack into that. They can get a plane onto that. This this, this film takes place in, like, six different continents within the space of a week. It's really, like, really wow, strange. Are not I, and, and, and that's my that's my issue, is that there are, there are no threats in this. So that's why I was quite bored by the end it's just like because any yeah someone's going to turn up but they'll be very good at killing them and then they'll be able to take themselves out of that and oh good yeah the stakes are raised to the third act but it doesn't matter because you'll be able to rubber rubber cgi this away and flip it there and it's like the old david mitchell and web you know the mitchell web sketch about the bmx bandit which is like don't worry i can <laughs> pop a wheelie and then i'm gonna do it three. um and so I mean, I, 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 I'm I, not joking. There was a bit in the third act where I, I genuinely laughed out loud in yeah. disbelief because I was thinking, I was thinking, how are they getting away with this? How are they getting away with this? We are 11. you can't, getting yeah. away with this. It's 11 films in. People in the audience were enjoying it. Yeah. But I was like, there was something that happens in the third act, but I'm going to say with two cars and someone in a car and another car. Uh and I thought that, that that it was so unbelievable and so ridiculous. Mm. I thought you can't be serious. You can't be serious. So my question is this: and if anyone's listening, please write in. Who's getting something out of this? If you if you saw this film and you got something out of it, please let us know because I I really struggled to get anything from this. And I'm like I said, I'm trying to turn my brain off. I wasn't trying to mm. overthink it. Can I enjoy it in any way? But no, it's just. Preposterous, ludicrous—no n- pun intended. Yeah. Uh, it's Tyrese it Gibson. Together. Also, <laughs> Jason Momoa. Like, yeah, how is God he in this? bless him because the script is. So, I mean, there are there 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 lines in this that are so bad. It's like, if this gets out, the threat will be existential. Just just and someone in an agency room. Oh, that's the other thing. The, the agency in this, this amorphous, not not CIA, not FBI. Just, again, it's just like, well, the agency can just do anything we want them to. If yeah. we want them to have covert ops, and that, they can do that. If they want to have a big plane, we just give them anything. There's no thing. And um, Jason Momoa, like, God bless him. He, he, he it's a classic case of someone who, is a big star and is given a very badly written villain and he is trying so hard to make this villain interesting and he's got cool clothes <laughs> well in this one what he's clearly decided to do is that you've got this hyper masculine world of cars and street racing and also a whole world I just really find so boring I just find I just as, as a man watching it I'm just like I just I I don't find cars not, and like no, just yeah. bright lights and just and just I find it so stupid right like a good ceramic teak tea yeah Enamality, <laughs> Enamel Enamel. <notes>. anyway, <laughs> but 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 in the context of that, Jason Momoa is trying to do something different. What he's doing, he's playing the villain as flamboyant. So you have this hulking master Jason Momoa, he's Snake not, skin jacket. Well, he's not doing what John Cena did, and he's not doing what uh, I assume The Rock did or whatever. He's just trying to be much more flamboyant and like. Uh, which I appreciate a little bit. There's a bit, there's a joke with him painting his toenails and... They've all been hyper-masculine villains. Yeah, so this is different. And there's one, I mean, honestly, in terms of the costume, there's one scene in Rio where he turns up with, you know, sunglasses with the gold chain round and like a a, a purple lilac sequined... uh, uh, chemise and uh, like uh, things and I'm like you look like someone's aunt you I I really feel like you're about to bust out a tray of sangria but <laughs> it is really strange Um, like good for you for trying something different but like is it margarita hour that's what it feels like Um, and and I, I he really needed I like really hope to look. keep his wardrobe because they would have given yeah. him as much money possibly but like, I can wear this yeah because he's kind of like you know motorbike yeah exactly kind of guy yeah. um, but he I really I, he should have had like a side some, something to do some energy with but he god bless me but he's the villain now yeah. for the next three films oh is he yeah yeah yeah. Um. Oh, oh james this film ends on a cliffhanger by which i mean the editor went and we'll stop there oh is it like lord of the rings one huge like hard end? huge meat cleaver no it's the more like end of the hobbit two with like the, you know what have we done cleaver down end of the film put it in the can get them back for the next one um it's maddening do you have any questions? I think what has happened... I mean, look, I, I don't think you are wrong. I've not seen this film, and I I think when, when presented with the option of seeing this film, it was a real sort of take it or leave it of, yeah. I've previously enjoyed these films and find them, found them fun, but I think what has clearly happened is you're not wrong. Everything you've said is correct. Over the years that the Fast films have come out, they've sort of been enduring and ever-growing, these great ensemble casts, yeah. sweeping. Uh, and, you know The stakes are, and the budgets are rising every time. And it's Similar to um, like A Mission Impossible, it's sort of around four or five. It really yes. sort of reset the tone and redesigned itself, rebooted and sort of just unstoppable train from yeah. there. You have joined in at the height of a heavy metal song. Yes. Like right at the chorus. Yeah. And you've walked into the, uh, to the concert and it's just blaring <laughs> and i'm not saying heavy metal is for everyone but for some people who have been there for the entire song have yeah. been built up slowly and i think when i've been paying attention to movie culture pop culture and people watch the trailers for the new fast films who absolutely love it love mm-hmm. what it's become love the scale of it people watch it with especially the trailers because there's always like a big stunt that is just beyond belief which is what are they going to do this yeah. time to you know completely blow us out of the water i think i think for me Critically, Fast 7 was sort of the peak of where, you know, you were going to enjoy these films. And that was the one where in Dubai... They drove a Bugatti out of one skyscraper. Yeah. They fired uh, an RPG. The explosion managed to propel the car <laughs> that landed into the other skyscraper. That was sort of like the peak. This is just insane. I think what's clearly happened is nothing you said is wrong. And this one, I would never have said that, George, you're going to love no. Fast 10, but I think you've turned up at the worst possible yeah, time just by a happenstance yeah. to, um, to yeah. do it. I, uh, I, think I, I think I've seen everyone. Wow. Maybe I haven't seen nine with John Cena I don't think I've seen that one but yeah. I've seen up to eight I mean I um, agree and I I, I think it, it's I'm not the audience for this yeah, and, yeah. I, and I agree I, I've come into this very like. there are people who've probably seen other you know and who might defend it better yeah. and I accept that it, it was an experiment um, it was just an, I was just so, a straw like, so you said oh, it's my first fast film and we'll see yeah, it, and be my last. Like, <laughs> it won't be I was like <laughs> I don't think you're going to come out and be like oh my god i am going to watch one through yeah. nine tomorrow I, I really wouldn't have been uh, expecting that to happen but um I yeah I was looking I saw some pretty poor reviews and I saw some of like certain enthusiast sites really defending yeah. it. I think based on your review and based on the runtime and the fact that it's a part one of now what here is part th- of three parts yeah. I don't think. I'm going to push myself to go and see it, especially now you've seen it for the show and we don't. Need yeah. To it. <laughs> also, also, so it's directed by Louis Leterrier, who did the Transporter movies and did okay. The Incredible Hulk and did yes. Grimsby. And oh, like, yeah. so kind of like Euro uh, action mm-hmm, kind of mm-hmm. feel. And yeah, there's a whole big set piece in Rome and you kind of like, yeah, you kind of get that vibe. Um, you mentioned Mission Impossible. That's a really good point because I coming out of this film, I just thought. Mm-hmm. God, Mission, those Mission Impossible films really... I think they they, they, do, they, they do so well. Um, these films, the fast films, make the Mission Impossible films look really good. I, th- I think you're right. I and think this is a way to show this. The crucial thing better. is, you know, we've all seen the behind-the-scenes footage of Tom Cruise being like, this is what we're doing. We're driving a motorbike over a, a mountain to do all this stuff. Mm-hmm. We're doing all these big stunts. And what Mission Impossible does, in its terms of its production, it looks at the challenges... Of reality and the obstacles, and it grabs the bull by the horns, mm. and it's like we're going to engage that. We're going to get Tom Cruise. We're going to strap him into the side of an airplane. we want big, spy espionage? If you thriller, want, but if you agency. want, if you want big stunts, we will commit to doing it and really trying to, to ride this bull yeah. to, to, to to deliver it. Same goes for Top Gun Maverick. You, you want you want jets? Of course, we could just CGI them. Mm. No, let's fly the jets do you ourselves. When Top Gun Maverick got announced, and you and I were like, really, they're going to do Top Gun yes, again? I know that right. was the sentiment, but um. But it, it's but the flip side, obviously, with the fast films is just like yeah, we could do that, but we'll just CG it. We'll just get around it every single way. We're, we're not going to actually meet the mm. obstacle. And I think w- w- as an audience member, I just I've, I've just felt like saying, why am I here? Why do you need me here? Because I, there's nothing for me to engage in. Normally, films they create, especially action films like this, mm. they create a dramatic situation that you go, cool, how are they going to get out of this one? And then the joy is the film revealing a way that you didn't expect for them to get out in, you know, in a very enjoyable yeah. way. But this one just goes, here's a dramatic situation. You go, that's ridiculous. And they go, yeah, you think that's ridiculous. This is how they're going to get out of it. Mm. Oh, that's, that's just completely, yeah, no internal logic at all. Let's carry on. Um, so there's that. I think also, having just talked about Sisu... It goes to show that it, you can have the biggest budget in the world. You can have the biggest stars. Mm. This you know, I don't know how much Fast X costs, but I'm guessing it's like probably nearer 200 million, yeah, something like, like that. Plus. But Sisu, nuts and bolts, short, stripped down, but effective mm. in dealing with its set pieces. Show, don't tell, has a real clear idea. And it's amazing that the, you know, Sisu is in many ways just as ridiculous as a Fast and Furious film. Yeah. But uh, it is much more enjoy- enjoyable and much more engaging for... Yeah. You know, probably ninety percent of the less of the budget. Um, uh, So yeah, look. I mean, I've said what I've said. Uh, Ad nauseum. You can. There's stuff like this online. It doesn't matter what I say. Let me know. I would love to hear from Fast fans, and I don't mean that in a way that I want to sort of scrutinise. I just would be curious to hear. I don't. If anyone, if anyone is seeing Fast Ten and if you've been following for the whole series, does is this film working for you? Because add some context that you know me and George might not have. Also, like, I said at the beginning, oh, I said, it's bad. I say that, but I, I've seen bad films. Normally they make, you can just see it falling apart before your eyes yeah. and you go, oh, this is annoying. I don't think I mean it like that. It's more that I really came out of it thinking, I don't think I've just... I don't think I've seen a film. I think I've just seen noise. But yeah. I really would be happy and to, for someone to clarify. If someone has seen this and had a good time... Here's it why it's special. Great. I'm so glad for you. I, I, I'm happy that it's working for someone. For me, I just couldn't get my head around it. And I thought it, it just did not work. Well, guys, if you want to send in your thoughts, send them into hello at popkitchenpodcast.com and we'll read them out on the show. Let's read some emails. Let's do it. We've got some great emails that have come in about film topics far and wide. We've got a few though that we'd like to start off with about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, which is a film that is clearly having a great reaction with people. We Lots both liked it and it's getting a good, it's doing very well at the box office and it's just clearly connecting with people in a lot of ways. There's a lot of, lot of love for it. Yep. And the first email we have, well, it's a YouTube comment. Nice. Shall I read this out first, yeah, James? It. From DaveTube145, who says, I agree with James about movies pulling their punches, mm. but I also stand what understand what George is saying. That's good. He understands yeah, his I like to be understood. Yeah. Uh, this was about, I think, your point about how uh, it was putting its punches about saying someone's going to die and then go, "Ah, no, just kidding." Yeah, and I've noticed a lot of other films doing it. These flies. There's, you've got a lot of flies. In I know. Genes. Did someone die in here? I don't know. They're really sort of. They do, it's the annoying flies I that fly in, that. in pentagons. You know that. You know the flies that. Go on, George's getting it. Go on. Go on. Always oh, smart. Shall I open that door and see if you can? Yeah, that's- all right. I would really rather not have a story lead me one way only to say, psych, just kidding we would never let that happen and this is true to the comics mm. in which way they always go we're going to kill Bruce Wayne or whoever and it's going to be for real this time but then six issues later it's like okay, look, Bruce is back because of this reason this is part of the why I've stopped reading Marvel and DC Comics I would rather they have the guts to go through a major change slash decision and face the consequences than for it all to be all to fluff all, for it all to be fluff to sell the next comic slash movie. Very. and consequences is um, a thing you and I keep mentioning as being important. And I think we're noticing when their rules are established and not yes. followed. Yes. And it really sort of breaks your commitment and engagement with a piece of cinema. So the next email is from Trevor from LA. From LA. Now, this email came in prior to us, uh, prior to our recording. Reaching out to, so to we, Trevor. So last show, we mentioned Trevor. We want to know how he's doing. We and then before that still... episode came out, yeah. Trevor actually wrote in and said a yeah. long time no speak yeah. and then that episode came out and Trevor I think has subsequently got in touch but anyway so Trevor comes back and says cheers boys it's Trevor from LA no he doesn't talk like that he just yeah. says hi boys it's Trevor from LA I'm hoping you react to this email like it's Johnny English Reborn it's been a long time but you're delighted it's here Love we it. are I also really enjoyed Guardians 3 I thought mm-hmm. it was a very fond farewell to these characters and it's a real—it's really a testament to James Gunn and the chemistry of this cast that in less than a decade these characters went from being virtually unknowns to be arguably, yeah. arguably Marvel's most popular ensemble that's a very good point very good point I feel like they they will be missed in the way that Tony Stark and Steve Rogers will not. Yeah, I like mm. that. Something I noticed and wanted to get your thoughts on. There's a scene where the high evolutionary puts a turtle through millions of years of evolution in yes. seconds, but he's still frustrated by the results. In Ant-Man Quantumania, which we've just done a spoiler, uh, watch out for that later in the week, yeah. a spoiler discussion about, One of the subplots is Hank's study of ants, who is convinced of their intelligence. Then when the ants get sucked into the quantum realm, yes, I remember this, they experience a time dilation and undergo millions of years in evolution in moments and become an advanced civilization that saves the day. Watching the turtle scene in Guardians 3, I was reminded of that. I couldn't help wonder if that connection was deliberate. Um, I think it's completely coincidental, and I think that uh, James Gunn was deliberately operating on a completely different realm. And Mm. I'm sure that if anyone walked up to James Gunn while he was making Guardians 3 and was like, oh, there's this thing in the multiverse. I think he went, la, 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 don't want to hear it, bye, 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 and carried on. So uh, interesting coincidence, but I think uh, not much. In terms of Guardians 3, two quick things. What do we think about Marvel's first F-bomb? I... I, do, I mean it was there. I didn't really yeah, care. It was fine. There was a th- You're allowed one, aren't on you, for a twelve A. In a twelve A in the yeah. UK. And James Gunn said that apparently uh the Russo brothers had put an F bomb in uh Endgame. I think it was when Tony Stark is, No no wait, but they subsequently took it out. So okay. they they were, they were going to put an F bomb in, in Endgame, it's when I think Tony Stark does the snap or whatever. And uh, I'm fucking Kev- Iron Man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically. <laughs> and Kevin Feige saw it and was like, it's fine, but like you know Why? this would be like your legacy, and the Russo brothers yeah. were like, yeah, we don't want this to be our legacy that we did Endgame and it's got the, the F bomb in it, so we they yeah. took it out. And James Gunn was like, showed Kevin Feige and Kevin Feige was like, yeah, it's fine, but you know, like this, we, I had the same conversation with the Russo brothers, like this could be your legacy. And James Gunn was like, fuck, great, yeah, that's amazing, I love <laughs> it to be my legacy. <laughs> um, and then the second thing is Nathan Fillion is always and will always be a treasure. The British Museum should steal him and protect him forever. Lol, I do I do really enjoy Nathan Fillion and yeah, yeah. stuff. have him more, please. Long live the king. To Charla, obviously not. Ch- Charles, Trevor from LA. <laughs> um, thank you Trevor very much for your thoughts. I'm going to just barrel through to yeah, the next the stuff. I know I think I just no, yeah, this section just next one on Guardians. <clears throat> this one is from Josh who says, "Hi lads. Me and my bu- <clears throat> This one is from Josh who says, "Hi lads. Me and my partner have both taken a trip to London this weekend from Liverpool oh. and managed to catch Guardians 3 while we, we were there. We went to the VIP experience in the O2 and had a fantastic cute. time. Oh, God. make the most of the weekend." We both thought the movie had great pacing, was emotionally engaging, and kept us completely interested. There was even a guy texting the whole movie with his phone on full brightness, but I didn't notice it until five minutes uh, towards the end when the dog day started oh. playing. This ov- um, He obviously doesn't share the same praise for the movie as we do. Which is a song, by the way, that's jumping back up the charts. Yeah, f- film. yeah, good for it. Have you seen the clip of Florence yes. watching it? Yeah. So the movie definitely got our full attention as even Avatar 2 was ruined by similar circumstances, but nothing could ruin this movie for us. In brackets, really enjoyed the dog day scene as well as it felt very Guardians. My partner only critiqued the unrealistic space, the unrealistic space's breathability of character. I think, okay, this sentence, I believe Josh is trying to say how, how unrealistic it was that people can breathe in space for such a long time. Yeah, okay. But th- I feel like the, which we talked about. Yeah, but I feel like the, that those films have set, established the rules that they operate in and stuck to them. So that people freeze a little bit, blow up a little bit, and then they can maybe yeah. be revived. But you get if you get there. In Who time. else floats through space? In in like, like Thor can, but he's a demigod, right? He's fine. Captain, Captain Marvel, Marvel, she's fine. fine. Um, but in all the Guardians films, they kind of float and get a bit frozen. Yeah, and their and they necks kind of sort of like. Yeah, and then they kind of microwave them and yeah, they get back okay. to the Okay. Um, uh, and I thought there was possibly one too many musical scenes, but completely understood why, considering the tone. We even went to Buckingham Palace Gardens the next day for a party, but we still said the movie was our favourite part of our visit to London. Isn't Aww, that great? I think you could do anywhere in the world, but that was the favourite <laughs> yeah. did. I didn't, enjoy, I didn't enjoy having to wait to listen to the pod uh, as I usually listen immediately, but I wanted zero expectations going in yeah, so it fair. could completely surprise me. Me and my partner even went to the cinema on the Wednesday before to watch Big George Foreman. That was a film that came and went. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, and yeah. finished at the same time as, uh, and, and which finished at the same times as a Guardian showing on opening day. And so we ran out of George Foreman with our fingers in our ears going la 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 just an interesting fact to share that is, oh, sorry, sorry. On, what, you just an interesting fact to share sean gunn plays young rocket and craglin and michaela hoover plays a plays floor and no nova prime's assistant and both have, have therefore had two roles in guardians movies also nathan fillion actually also has a role in the first guardians he's he has a voice as one of the cgi monsters in the prison who says i'm gonna slather you up and do something like that kind of regards to josh thank you josh for your email i was in liverpool just the other day lovely place that is a thing, by the way, when you're in a multiplex and you see people coming out of the screen. I had that when I went to go see Ant-Man. I saw young teens going, oh, and the bit where thing. And I did that to be like, ah, it's a blah, 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 occupied yeah. my phone, TikTok, because yeah. people do come out and they're obviously talking about the film. Yeah, that's it. And you yeah. could be like, you could really get screwed. You have a one-way sports. system. You <laughs> yeah. have, to, have to go yeah. out, you know, soundproofed, yeah. And lastly, our last email on Guardians 3 is this from Nat- Natalia who says, hey, James and George, I have to say, just looking at this. Loads of hearts. Loads of heart emojis, emojis, which we love. Very nice. Hey, James and George, love the podcast, heart. Long-time fan and listener, double heart. (laughs) Thanks to the podcast, I've been more involved in the cinema world, and I've recently started to notice that I now pay attention to many previously unnoticeable details so I can say for sure that your podcast and passionate approach to everything you do has helped me to grow and become a better film lover. Yes, many love thanks it. for that. We love that. Natalia, you are welcome. This is why we do it. And a heart. Yeah. A heart emoji <laughs> to you. Thank you so much. Watched Guardians of the Galaxy 3 a couple of days ago and then caught up with the episode about the nice. film. I love that people are saving it. Yes. Love that. Like a little secret yeah. you've got. Guardians three appears to be one of the best Marvel films throughout throughout. Uh, honestly, sorry. Honestly, I think Guardians three appears to be one of the best Marvel films throughout the history, and I can hardly name a Marvel film that covers so many moral and ethical aspects. Mm. Uh, the film made me cry at a couple of instances, and because it became my became one of my top favorites, perhaps after or even yeah. the same spot where i'm side, assuming natalia that you are writing this very passionately perhaps on your phone but um, not left a sent from my iphone yes which we, we appreciate <laughs> yeah. um so it might be even better than endgame you say this is the interesting bit i teach ethics to med students which makes when, the way you write that i think are you american are you you're are you american med canadian students. Med, students. med students i teach yeah. ethics i feel yeah. like that sounds like a very yeah. scrubs you. I got in. my ethics class. Yeah, I got my ethics. Yeah. Dr. Cox, got yeah. ethics. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. I teach ethics to med students and plan to discuss the film with my students in terms mm. of its ethical aspects, moral stances of the characters, etc. Hopefully the discussion will be at least partially as fun as your podcast. Another heart emoji, another one back to you. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks to you, I've started to implement more films and film discussions in my lectures. Double heart, double heart, back to you. I loved it when uh, at school, when like a professor or like even at uni or at school when you're like analysing stuff, literature but then your teacher or professor brings in something really popular that you love from yeah, pop yeah, culture yeah. and makes comparison. like oh, you're just talking about Darth Vader in relation yeah. to like Iago from Othello yeah. and yeah. I'm like oh I'm so engaged now <laughs> uh keep on being great n- n- uh, <laughs> Natalia <laughs> that's what she says Look, Natalia although you sign off Natalie but your email says Natalia so I'm going to say Natalia because I feel like it's the more official one yeah but thank you so much for but that. that's so uh, it's very kind and yeah that I love that you're reconnecting with film, and that you're going to I- I include it in your lectures. Yeah. like That's just so great. And I hope your students really appreciate it too. Uh, that's fantastic. That is all the correspondence we have on Guardians 3. But as you can tell, people have a really animated, engaged response to that film that we haven't seen with Marvel films for a while. And I think they should be watching that film closely. And But also, in a way, it's like, shocker, if you make a film that really cares about... Your, if you make a film that care about your characters, yeah. and has a good script, and is emotionally engaging, shocker, people, people will love it. Anyway... This next email is from Ross, who says, hey fellas, second time email submitter, hoping to be a prospective friend of the show. We've heard or, your application Ross is pending, Ross. Ross uh, yeah, <laughs> patent pending. No, I'm kidding. Everyone's no, of course, a friend. Everyone's a friend. Welcome everyone's in. a friend. Uh, it honestly feels that every week when I'm listening to the podcast, I'm finding a compulsion to write in, and that's not feasible. So I suggest that we find a convenient time to meet up <laughs> so we can talk about every film we've ever seen that should hopefully sort it. Sound <laughs> good? Great. Reason for this particular email is a couple of things. I wanted to weigh in with my favorite movie, Insult, Based on a recent a recent listener yes, submission, do you remember these, this yeah. insults. I love it in Troy when Brad Pitt says to Brian Cox, "You sack of wine." <laughs> Mild words, but spat out with such disdain and venom that it cracks me up every time. I do remember do that. You? I don't. I've never heard of someone be called a sack, sack of wine. wine. You also you said that. that very much like Brian. I Cox wanted to do it just sack of wine. You s- oh, no no it's oh, no, Brad but you, Pitt. But I know, but it, I think unintentionally. Sack you of, said that. That's because Brad Pitt does like a sort of. British S. An attempt at British S. Also, sack of wine is a very sort of like old school reference when wine would have been in sacks. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's not yeah, like a barrel, a, it's not people, a bottle. Like a yeah, hot like water bottle looking. Yes, those like sort of lined, leathery things on the oh, side yeah. of a camel. You yeah. sack of wine. <laughs> um my actual question is based on a recent viewing where i a 32 year old man experienced the godfather for the first time it had always been a film blind spot for me but even without watching it i felt i knew the film could predict its plot and its characters based on other mob slash gangster movies just from the famous don colione quotes i felt he, i felt had his character's number and assumed he was ruthless violent bloodthirsty ass of a bloke mm. but what i saw instead shook me to my core saw a man haunted and burdened by responsibility and necessity. Mm. He did whatever was necessary to protect his family. I really felt for him and was blown away by how I had misconceived the character and, to be honest, the film in general. I was basing it off God... I was basing it a little off Goodfellas, which I feel is entertaining but violence for violence's sake and lat- lacking heart. Mm. The Godfather for me had so much heart. I know this is hilariously not a hot take, <laughs> but The Godfather <laughs> is really, really good. I'm in love with it. What revered films do you have preconceptions of which ended up being totally different to what you have? eventually thought all the best as always ross oh my god guys like this is it did you hear the godfather who knew no it's funny when that happens when yeah. you're like oh my god actually the thing that's really good is actually really good that actually is kind of my experience with the godfather as yeah. well like when i went back and watched it like in my early 20s I, having seen bits of it when i was younger yeah. i watched it, i was like oh it is actually really yeah. good it is yeah. as good <laughs> yeah. as everyone yeah. says it's, i love like last year and a half when i've watched a really good film for the first time I'm like oh that that thing that everyone derives everything from yeah no shit um ross uh I hope you Lovely enjoy Godfather uh, Part Two as well, yeah, and to and I hope you enjoy the offer if you want to go and watch that as well. The yes, TV two is on Paramount Plus. Good fun. Um, George, any revered films? Did you have a preconception of which it ended up being totally different to what you eventually thought? Um, so did, I'm. Assuming, what about Jurassic Park when you watched that? Uh, the first time? No. Well, last year. Yeah. Kind of. No, I I still was too familiar with uh, yeah. with it. Kind of in the ether. Uh, I think oh, that's a hard one. Mm. I'm trying to think of where my expectations have been completely surprised that, oh, that was not the film I thought it was going to be. We'll mull it over. We'll mull it over and we'll have a, we'll, we'll discover it on like a Tuesday morning and I'll go, ah, oh, that film. Yeah, yeah, it'll come to us we'll a, come back as we're waiting for a bus. <laughs> this next email is from Corey who says, hey, James and George, I just started watching Love and Death on HBO Max. Now, I'm going to quickly Google this. I think this is the Elizabeth Olsen series. But there's just too oh, much content out at the moment. Uh, yes. Uh, uh, oh, Jesse Plemons. Jesse Plemons, oh, Elizabeth good. Olsen. Oh. Uh, oh, uh, yeah. Do we have this in the UK yet? I don't know if we do. Maybe it's coming. Hey, it says it's Hulu's. Uh. I, oh, no, 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 HBO Max. Interesting. Interesting. I don't know if we have this here yet. We will find out soon. Got a bit of a mixed review on Rotten Tomatoes there, but anyway- Well, as you can tell, we haven't seen it. So yes. (laughs) Uh, uh, I'm curious on your thoughts about it, if either of you have seen it. No, we have not. So far, it seems interesting, but there's something weird about it. Is it because- Elizabeth Olsen and Jesse Plemons were so recognizable in their breakout roles, mm. Scarlet Witch slash Todd from Breaking Bad, that they stick out a bit too much? No, or no, is it because think, of the tone cinematography? Um, I think Jesse Clemens has is, is come out of his Todd Breaking Bad show. He's, he's great. A really special he's a really actor. good guy. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I like Elizabeth Olsen. Um, yes, I'm not I sure I can answer that because we haven't seen it, but tell you what, um, we'll keep an eye out for it. And maybe if anyone else has seen uh, Love and Death, they can comment. <laughs> this next one is from Charlie says, Hello, Pop Kitchen. Hello. I'm a faithful listener to I your like show that. each week. A a... Uh, a con- uh, what's that? I'm looking. What's a... Oh, my God. Somebody goes to church regularly. A, a priest. No, no. no d- they're always there. Yeah. I mean, somebody who... Congregation. A member of the congregation. I am picturing that you are like Silas in the Da Vinci Code <laughs> with like a minimalist dark room... Like, instead of a wooden cross, it's like a picture of like yes. that. And <laughs> you've got this weird chain that you strap to your leg. No many the spirit of Sanctus, the sirens are on our end. Tear bloods <laughs> just coming out, bloods and tears what? your eyes. What I'm, trying to say. Um, I'm a faithful listener to your show each week, though I must admit, I only listen to each episode once, unlike some of the more avid listeners. I mean, how could you get the subtlety of <laughs> our show <laughs> The on nuances. One? Uh, of course, that's absolutely fine. There's no obligation to go back of course, and watch that's it. Normal. Not no offense to the people who mm-hmm. do. Yeah, we love the people time. who do the deep dives. It's but... very normal for people to listen once <laughs> to like some. No, it's harsh. Like disposable, transient. Yeah, it's okay. Of, okay. Present. Um, Charlie, yeah. it's absolutely fine. You are faithful, but we understand. Mm-hmm. We, we appreciate you, Charlie, and appreciate the people who watch it two or three times. You, you, God bless you. You keep, keep going. Everyone's welcome. My girlfriend and I were recently discussing how some actors just have a face that either is right. or isn't fit for period drama. Yeah. This was spun from the recent god-awful version of Persuasion with Dakota Johnson. Dakota just looks like a woman who's seen an iPhone. Right, this is a take I've seen on, on online quite a yes. few times. Yes, yeah. my other thoughts were Cameron Diaz in Gangs of New York and Channing Tatum in Hateful Eight. There are, are there any actors or actresses that have ruined your immersion due to their presence not matching the film's setting as not to be wholly negative? What about some actors who fit period pieces perfectly? Anya Taylor-Joy being a great example. Ergo, the Northman, and the Vvitch. Keep up the great work, lads. All the best, Charlie. P.S., aren't you guys familiar with the work of British director Ben Wheatley, currently making Hollywood Strides, but his early catalogue is brilliantly thought provoking. I direct you to Kill List and A Field in England, especially if you like films that leave you with something to discuss and mull over with friends. We'll get back to that, but George, uh, faces appear, appear, appearing sort of out of- um, place. I don't, uh, I have seen that take online a few yeah. times, that sort of like slightly humorous thing, um, and modern, it, it's funny how for, you dress someone. They yeah, sort of how they look face. I get it, it's like, I, I kind of laugh at it for like a minute, but then I, I'm like, uh, no, frankly, I think any actor can be yeah. in any period there, because it's all suspension of disbelief, and I don't I don't read people in that way. The only time that I find people distracting is if they have brought uh, they have modern such, a, no, it's more like they have brought the baggage of another more famous role with them. So for example uh, in, let's say the hateful lay If Matt LeBlanc turned up, it might be a bit distracting. Okay, <laughs> but 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 other other than that, I think anyone has a license to be in a film, right? Okay, um, it'd be good if he turned up in that film because then we'd have another one for the game. <laughs> <laughs> what in? sandwich in the corner. Oh yeah. food <laughs> so uh, no, I I, I don't. Know. I think because any actor, I I believe that any actor can can bring anything to, to any role. I yeah. Sorry, I just oh yeah. No. I feel like Jesse Plemons has an old face, like for old oldie times. I, Yet, I agree. Are you, are we there found are there are actors bad? who are very who look like they they would fit. Mm. Uh, they're just every the character actors you typically call them, would fit any time period in any yeah. place. Like Kyle Chandler, I think always looks best in, like, fits the 1940s... Yes, like yeah, it like was in King 50, Kong. spy espionage. Yes, yeah, King that, Kong. Exactly. exactly. Just yeah. like... Uh, 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 he, he, Even in The Wolf of Wall Street, which is, like, yes. ninety set or eighty set, he looks like... He's like sort of the 50s, Yeah, yes. and, that, and, and that's a good example, but I don't think that the other way around. Do you have anything else to add? No, I think that's totally fair. Um, um, on Ben Wheatley, uh, yeah. I have only... I've seen uh, Kill List, and I've seen Free Fire, which I thought was okay. Oh, Free what Fire's was the okay? one that... But, but Kill List, I really like, and it's got a really good ending, and that film really... Unnerves you. It's I really saw the high, the high rise with Tom Hiddleston. Oh, I saw that. That was not I that great. Did, no, I found it a little bit. Uh, I saw that cinema. Boring. Boring. Yeah. Really, really boring and confusing. It just kind of lost me. But Kill List, I rate strongly. Uh, this next email is from Jack Parr, who says, A fellow listener. That's the oh, subject line. Subject. Hi, guys. I discovered your podcast and absolutely love it. Yes, I welcome. put that dramatic pause in. Sorry, Jack. Mm. The way you break down films is intelligent and articulate. Oh, thank you. I'm an actor and writer, and I feel silly listening to you guys. Th- to the I, I feel silly listening to you guys due to the fact I actually do this for a living. <laughs> Don't feel silly. It's fine. Very inspirational listening to how detailed you go in with each criticism. Love it. Thank oh, you, Jake. That's you. really kind. kind. Anyway, I listened to the Netflix Slate episode that was a few weeks mm-hmm. ago. Uh, check it out uh, of what's to come. I would love to go to events like this myself. I'd love to see what's on Apple Slate and other streamers like that. Do you have to be invited to these events or is there a way to get tickets? I'd love to know your method. If it's not top secret, top secret. Thanks guys. Loving it jackpot um yeah I mean yeah uh, they are they are invited they are invite to things. In a, yeah. I mean look we very kindly get sent an email from someone at Netflix yeah. who are always very lovely very nicely yeah. invite us to go to these things they are like media press yes. events some of these things are more um media PR sort of newspapery things and some Pre- of them, them are press more heavy and press heavy and some, heavy, some of them, and some them you find we we're invited as like an, an influencer capacity yeah. and we're very lucky to sort of do a little bit of both which yeah. is really nice but we uh, will as always every time we go to an event where we're given exclusive access. To cover something, we will always do on the show. We're going to tell yeah. exactly what was said or anything that interests us. We will always do it because I so. mean, as uh, th- the thing is, is that they, as much as you're an actor and somebody in the industry, from mm. Netflix's point of view, uh, in Netflix, if using this as an example, yeah, it's like, well, you're just a consumer you're just yeah. someone who's just a potential customer but uh, because we do this we have an audience and we have a they they know that by they tell us this information there we go we record an episode and then we disseminate and we the information want we want exactly. to be able, like this is cool this is coming we out we know we disseminate the information kind of for them and that's yeah. kind of press journalist kind of thing but um, don't worry stay stay tuned though, Jack We'll give anytime you all the we're updates invited we have. to something cool and something cool happens we will always cover it to the extent that we think is relevant for you guys so guys another reason just subscribe get on the socials Great. just do it next one is from Zoe he says hello Hello guys, I would like to say that I'm a fairly new to my interest in film, and find your podcast has really helped me expand my knowledge. And listening to you guys is now one of my favourite things to do to pass the time. Oh, nice. I don't have a lot of old. Uh, I don't have a lot of other friends who like films, so I like hearing both of your thoughts on new releases and all films in general. Thank you. Recently, I watched The Last of Us and really enjoyed it. I combined my watching experience with listening to both the official Last of Us podcast and the unofficial Last of Us podcast by Bold Move. Uh, the way the releases came out, I would watch the episode first, and then the instant take from the unofficial podcast, the official podcast, and then the full take from the unofficial again. Wow! It was interesting to hear the thought processes right from the creators of the show, then then takes of the fellow filmgoers. My question is, have you ever done this with a TV show? And what are your thoughts on consuming media in this way? Do you think it would be do you think it would be too much? Do you think it would too much sway the overall conclusions of how you were supposed to feel as the watcher slash listener by listening to other people's opinions? For me, I think having double sp- the double perspective of the unofficial podcast was a good balance. But my opinions of the show have probably been swayed anyway. I did, however, love the show. And listening to the podcast all through the week kept me looking forward to the next episode. Sorry if that was a bit long, but I haven't heard of everybody else who has done this. So I wanted to see what you guys thought. All the best, Zoe. Um, I, I, I can jump in if you're... You go first. Go well, I was going to say, I've, uh, I, I've mixed feelings about this, but I have done... A version of that not to the same extent where you have we've gone like official unofficial but i have uh with films we talked about like you don't want to hear a review read a review mm. like right before you're going into films mm. it sort of really sort of awkwardly informs your impression before mm. you go in but i do i have had films where i've saved Uh, interviews and like full-on like hour-long review discussions for like on my way home from the cinema and i have enjoyed that with some films Mm -hmm. like i think i did it i saved i saved like two hours worth of podcast after i saw the batman and i really enjoyed like that was a three-hour film and i just got loads of like fan stuff but i have found that um when it comes to like really review based podcasts you don't want to come in straight with a review afterwards, no. but an interview with someone who wrote it, directed it, yeah. starred in it is always good to hear. That's always really nice. I agree. To Getting primary information from the, the horse's mouth, as it were, from yeah. the directors and all the people behind it and hearing their explanation of why they've done th- something in the film, yes. whether successful or otherwise, is interesting. I agree, when I come out of a film, I usually give it at least half a day, I'd probably say, before I actually yeah. engage with fellow reviews because I just want to, I want to be... I want to make sure that I'm digesting it in my own way and having my own thoughts percolate it, and I don't want any other external influence to go in there because I have, in previous times, come yeah. out of a film, read a review, and found that I've read it too soon after I've come out of it, and it's then affected the way I think about it. You almost want to, like, solidify and bake your opinion, yeah. and then you engage don't in the other off. opinions just to know uh, uh, and shape your opinion against that. So, and, and, sorry. No, no, that was it. And, and also, um, I'm not saying you should be suspicious of, like... Um, like uh like publisher endorsed podcasts but like so, I have a. Uh, there's like PlayStation podcasts I listen to that are independent, and they review the games. They talk about them freely. And then there's like PlayStation endorsed podcasts mm. that are they're just marketing, right? But the people on them obviously can't. They're not reviewing yeah, the yeah, content, yeah. but they're going to sit there and talk about how great this feature is. There's nothing wrong with that, but I don't use that as like yeah. my. I'm like, oh, this is just like an endorsed podcast to like interview someone yeah. or to tell me like what I can expect to do versus the review. And I sort of you have to consider them differently. Yeah. But there's nothing wrong with them. I think they... And, and just to, if you look at the charts on film and TV, on podcasts, they are littered with these official show podcast shows. Yes. Like there's The Last of Us one, there's, there's a Succession one, a any Crown. big show, yeah. The Crown, they all do really well. And I think people do want to just like digest and, yeah. and stir on an episode they've just seen. So they're definitely popular. Thank you for that email. Uh, the next one is from Joe, who an email titled, Best film character names. Love the pod. I've been a constant listener ever since I discovered you around episode four on YouTube. Whoa. Episode Hello. four. Hello. God bless, nice. Joe. Oh, uh, Joe, with that last name, has written in before. Oh, I think so. I think Joe's a friend of the show. Do you know what? You, you are now, Joe. I mean, episode four. Episode four. That's like, like, hey, you, you, you old bastard. Yeah. We've been around the block I a few times. <laughs> episode four. <laughs> Shut <in> up, Joe. <laughs> back in those days, they used to do food, don't <laughs> yeah. you know? Uh, but he does say in brackets, highest quality produced podcast in town, by the oh, way. Thank yeah, you very, very much, friendly. Joe. Do you try. Just wanted to ask what your favourite film character names are of all time. Here are some of mine to include. Anton Chigurh from No Country for Old Men. Mm-hmm. Patches O'Hoolahan yes, from Dodgeball. Great shout. Shuna Patches O'Hoolahan, M- <laughs> All right, sport. Shuna McGavin from Happy Gilmore. Yeah. Marty McFly, yes. Back to the Future. And Vincent Vega from yes, Pop Fiction. a lot of alliteration and, going on there. And not to be confused with Vic Vega from Reservoir Dogs. And there yes. was an idea that... They, Tarantino was going to do a film with them be, being brothers and stuff, but yep. it never happened. I'd like to add Cliff Booth, Cliff, Cliff, oh from um, yeah, well, uh, yeah, Clifton Booth, yeah, it and then Stone double Cliff Booth, and he says best of all. Chaz Michael Michaels from Blades of Glory. (laughs) Never seen Blades of Glory. Oh, Blades of Glory is amazing. and Fairchild. Amazing uh, Amy Poehler and Will Arnett are like, (laughs) they're like uh, skater siblings that have a really like weird Freudian relationship. (laughs) It's very funny. People used to tell me I sounded when I was younger and I had floppier hair. I sound like Jimmy. From blades of glory which i never saw right the guy who plays napoleon dynamite oh yeah john hader i think <laughs> yeah john Hader. Uh, anyway keep up with the amazing content joe from liverpool in brackets not to be confused with the other joe from liverpool oh. who had previously emailed in with the, such questionable takes as monsters university being better than monsters inc and we've had someone come in to defend <laughs> yeah which university, we'll get to which i was i talked quite flippantly about but i, um, I faced the consequences it's, it's james any favorite film film character names yeah i said uh cliff booth is a recent one um neo it's just really yeah Yeah. and it's an anagram of one One. yeah morpheus trinity that's cool names i've always liked ferris bueller yes because i've never met anyone called ferris just got that kind of hey i'm ferris bueller is it like are americans called ferris Uh, it sounds quite an uh, (laughs) american american name um well, we'll have to get back to you on that <laughs> one. <laughs> that was the sound of my brain working. Thank you, Ma- uh, Thank you, Joe. I'm sure we didn't have more answers for you there, Joe, but that's just a couple. This last one is from Harrison, who says, hello there. I just added that in because you did hello there. First, I'd like to say that my fiance and I are big fans of the show. Oh. She emailed in recently and was ecstatic oh, that yes. you read our email um, on her birthday. Um, Saff, wasn't it? Yes, yeah, Harrison and Saff. Yeah. Saf. Hello, uh, guys. Hello, hey! Hey! yeah. But you didn't know they they emailed in and said that they listened together. They sat down to listen to the show yeah. together, watch the show together in their, and their living room. room. So, which we now know is in the living room. Yeah. We, you and I, obviously, when we're given very little information, our imagination oh. runs wild, and we're yeah. like, "How do they listen? Where? Yeah. What are they doing? <laughs> how do they sit?" And then they they tagged us in an Instagram story of them. Watching the moment where we like broke the fourth wall and stared into their song. It was really great. Thank you so much for sending that. Uh, It made her whole weekend. She screamed a little bit. And then I think I actually believe her now when she says she is your biggest fan. uh, She's up there. I mean, I I think that's a strong claim. Yeah, Yeah. go for it. She was like an excited toddler and it was lovely. That's really great. We keep passing on the good word and have converted a few of our friends. My best friend is coming over to watch The Godfather this weekend after hearing you guys discuss it and realizing he's never actually seen it. Hot take. It's really good. It's really good, guys. We can (laughs) confirm. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Before I ask my question, I'd like to give a little context I'm a writer and I'm composing a series of poems Inspired by my love for film and TV And the impact it has had on my life I love the artists that listen To the show I respect poets because like in this day and age like poets yeah. are like the og content creators yes you know like like 300 years ago the first like, memes like byron would be like have you heard byron's just dropped a new yeah, poem. yeah he's like yo yo it's your boy byron just been on a grand tour of europe yeah. and just boom He dro- would write puns and yeah. like uh double meanings and yeah. go to the pub and read <laughs> yeah. listen to this one guys. yeah yeah yes. that's so good it, it was double the original tap. like oh i'm gonna send you this tiktok that made yeah. me laugh mate have you heard Shelley's new poem it's yeah. so lit oh shit you <laughs> just dropped everyone's seen that meme of <laughs> Beethoven, yeah instructor. yeah yeah um uh love of film and tv the impact had on my life working title my life on screen brackets better suggestions are welcome I spent a good chunk of my life at the cinema or in front of a TV screen and I think this has largely shaped how I see the world for instance I watched a lot of rom-coms when I was growing up with my mum and my auntie and this is likely the reason I'm a huge romantic brackets and serial crier one poem one poem I finished is called I want to be like Jonathan Lipnicki when I grow up it's about the time I became obsessed with vampires after watching the little vampire as a kid I took it about as far as jumping off our shed roof in the hopes I would learn to fly Wow. Do you that film The Little Vampire uh, just about is, that, is Richie Grant in that I think it wouldn't be maybe? surprised I've not that is completely yeah. is it was it a Disney I don't, no. I don't know. I can't uh, stretching it, but yeah. yeah, it's. I don't know if this is true, but it feels like a film that Christopher Columbus would have directed. But yes. I don't think that's. Yeah, I don't think that's accurate. Uh, uh, Christopher is want- second assistant director <laughs> and <he> probably directed <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, I want each piece of my writing to reflect my experience watching those films, as well as how it impacted my real life or how I relate to it. I guess my question is: Could you name any films that have perhaps shaped the person you are or how Whoa. you see the world? Whoa. They don't have to be the best films in the world; just films that you feel you wouldn't be the same person now. Had you not seen them, Huge keep up the good question. work. It's a pleasure to see. Much love, many thanks, Harrison and staff. I mean, thank you, Harrison. Yeah. In a lot of ways, every film, every piece of art and media, yeah. it puts an impression of life upon you, yeah. and you are interpreting it, yeah. or disagreeing, or agreeing, or falling in love, or dis- yeah. you're in disdain for all of it, and it yeah. always presents you with something you've never seen before. You are being shaped. Continually being shaped by everything yeah. in your life, from you know what, you, what happened to you as a child to the last film you watched, good or bad. And think about how many Americanisms we've picked up in the UK just based on the fact that Hollywood and American mm-hmm. cinema has been like the most prevalent, highest tier of of, of media God. for so their dominance yeah. for so long. I like, think about how much we absorb, like high school culture. Yes, and yeah. like what, like the, the me, I know, like the Mean Girls is an extreme <laughs> version of it. But you know, when you see American Friends, you're like, is it like Mean Girls? Like, yes. what is your high school that, really and that's like? Why I find we do not have anything weird, than, to like them. sex education. Education then re- is British set, but then regurgitates yes. that in its own sort of American style. And Americans will be like, "Are your schools like Hogwarts?" Uh, no, only the really posh ones. There's <laughs> like-, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> so like two of them. Um, that's a good, uh, films that have really yeah. changed the way you look at the uh, world, That, that have perhaps shaped the person you are or how you see the world. Shaped the person you are. The person there's I things am. that uh, sort of, I think, really paradigm shift your perspective on something. Yeah. I, I can't think of something off the top of my head, but you go, wow, I never thought of considering the world that way. The way that character chose to perceive mm. something has changed the way I think. I think that. Great sci fi. I mean, it's that. really a, a, an easy cop out for me to just be like, oh, the before films again. Because yes. there's things that characters say they've thought about and stuff. But yeah. we've done those. Um, I'm d- wow i mean uh there's nothing really like a, a really good uh, historical film to apply context to a moment in time that a history book would never be able to do i tell you what actually i'm gonna try not. Mm. i don't think this is as like top level profound but uh i've mentioned this film a few times dark waters which came out late 2019 2020 yes. really great film <laughs> with mark ruffalo uh uh about the um dupont pollution in uh, America's, wa- America's waters and therefore the world's waters. Throw out your Teflon, guys. Yeah, uh, tefl- to do with Teflon and uh, PFOAs in the water and what it's almost like a depressing realisation but what that film uh, was really good at capturing is the level of corporate mm. criminality and corporate negligence and corporate uh, greed and corporate uh, unaccountability mm. Um, True life stories, a bit like Dope Sick, as well, yeah, in a way that just makes you realize that the real power and the real strength in this world is unaffected and 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 carries on almost without the actions over time, it is affected by the actions of collective people, but it takes years, Mm. and that's why that obviously we love a story like that. And in in the case of this lawyer who Mark Murphy plays, like really trying to these people to account but i've often thought about that film afterwards and i've Mm. seen that scenario played out in different news stories with different things being like yeah that's another case of mass corporate greed like, mass like corporate a system that only violence. serves or is, or is there to reward yeah. the the increase of profit yeah and, and where no nothing. sole individual yes, is responsible, responsible it's just your system spread. facilitates this yeah I'm trying to get all socialist on everyone but like no, you but you yeah do, it's like it's how you end up realizing or you see something between many portray many different stories simultaneously yeah. and how that and I think that was a society. good paradigm shift. And of course, that idea is something that you can get elsewhere and has been articulated in different ways. But I just thought the way that it realized that in this context of this story was really mm. powerful. Go see that film, Dark Waters. That's a really good one. People people slept on that. It's Guys, really we've, great. we've run for quite a while, so we're going to cap the emails there. We still have so many because yeah. they're all so good. Keep sending them in. If you want to uh, send us your thoughts, your questions, your concerns, your recent impressions on a film that we've talked about or a film that we should be talking about, send them into hello at, at popkitchenpodcast.com and we'd read them out on the show. Guys, let's send it home for a game. Alright everybody, it is that time where we unwind, we do a little bit of fun trivia, we throw some fun things back and forth. It's game time. It's the end of the episode. Well done for making it. Well done for listening for this long. You're our biggest fans. We love you. We appreciate Thank you. you. Thank you for staying with us. We're going to play some games, George. I've got two miscellaneous games for you. Okay. These are quick fire, get them out. And then I have a game with the twist, but I'll get to that later. Okay, right. I like it. See this here. first game, ready? I'm going to give you 30 seconds to answer it. Okay, let me get my watch. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. Stay there, everyone. Pull over. (laughs) Okay, stopwatch. Ready? Okay, George. Okay. Name me 10 disaster movies. You have 30 seconds. Your time starts now. The Towering Inferno, San Andreas, Twister, um, Armageddon, Mm -hmm. Deep Impact, Yes. um, uh, uh, 2012. Yes. The Day After Tomorrow. Yes. Um... uh, uh, disaster. Uh, okay. Uh, Independence Day yes uh, um, Godzilla like can yeah, you count I'll those do that, uh, yeah, you Godzilla? Yeah, and I would also say Knowing Whoa, with Nicolas Cage <laughs> got that at 29 seconds yes Knowing <laughs> with Nicolas Cage ridiculous film a mate. genre we wow. don't unpack that much but it's there I feel like that has its time in the 50s and the 60s yes, there's Sharknado big would have been a real Sharknado <laughs> yeah. I could have done all of them yes E- oh, you got John. right to like twenty nine. Wow! With, thank you. Good question. Well, I like, yeah, I just disaster thought I movies. Disaster movies. Did I miss any big ones? No, I think you got all the ones that I probably would have mentioned. I'm not got it in front of me, but I was satisfied with your selection. <sighs> any Roland Emmerich film, basically? Yes, Roland Emmerich. You yeah. could have done this Independence Day sequel as well, which was. Oh, that's how forgettable yeah. that was. That was with, with yeah. uh, Liam Hemsworth in there. Right. Right. Next, miscellaneous, quick fire, ready to go. Okay. Name me 10 movies with a one syllable title. You have 30 seconds. Your time starts now. Once. Uh, <laughs> Jaws. <laughs> yes. Uh, Saw. <Soar>. Yeah. <laughs> uh, He's George's like. Recall. Uh, bug. It's a really freaking film. Yeah. Uh, 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 Mud. Yep. <laughs> um, brave. Yep. And that's time. Jesus, that's so hard. You should have given me it's longer. It's hard. It's hard, isn't oh, it? How I get six? You got six. <sighs> could have gone, nope. Pray. Oh, oh, um, we did those last year. I know. <laughs> it's tricky, isn't it? That's a good question. It's really like not working. One syllable films. Yeah. You oh. can't have studied for that. I'm Just good trying one, to isn't what it? other ones I could have got. I mean, apart from... The yeah, how many did you get? June. June, yes. June. That's a really good question. Isn't that okay. good? Good test, yeah. Okay, so this next... This is the, the meat of the game, okay? I have in front of me the films of some of the greatest filmmakers to have ever put, put light onto celluloid, okay? And we're going to do, do two rounds of this. And when I name you the famous director... You have to quickfire tell me one of their films that has been nominated for Best Picture, okay? And, I, and, 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 I, and if it won one, I guess that counts as well, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah if it won one or nominated, right? And I will go to the end and then I'm going to twist it for you. Here's a list of filmmakers. You have to tell me one of their films that has been nominated for Best Picture. This is a quickfire. Ready? Three, two, one. Guillermo del Toro. Pan's Labyrinth. No. Um, uh the shape of water. Yes. Terence Malik. Uh, the Tree of Life. Yes. Ridley Scott. Gladiator. Yes. David Lean. Lawrence of Arabia. Yes. Christopher Nolan. Uh in Dunkirk. Yes. George Lucas. Uh Raiders No, uh, Star Wars. Yes. Oliver Stone. Platoon. Yes. Uh Sydney Lumet. Yes. Sydney Lumet uh is uh, 12 Angry Men. Stanley Kubrick. Uh uh uh, uh, Oscar, Eyes Wide Shut, uh, the Cockwork Orange. Yes. Steven Spielberg. Uh, your same private Ryan. Yes, Clint Eastwood. Uh, Million Dollar Baby. Okay. You did very well. Thank you. That's done. Now here's the twist. I, you just, you know, these are all very famous filmmakers. You know, chances are you throw a dart on one of these filmmakers, you're gonna get one of their films that's been nominated for Oscar. Now you have to do it again, but you can't list any of the films that you just said. So we're going to do it one more time, okay? With but the you same, can't with the do same, the same film. So, but, Ready? Do, but do those do those other filmmakers have other films? Yes, that have they nomi- all have other films that have been nominated for best picture. Ready? Three, two, one. Guillermo del Toro, Pinocchio. No, um, pin- recent. Uh, after the Shape of Water. Oh, Nightmare Alley. Yes, Alice. Terrence Malick. Uh, Thin Red Line. Yes, Ridley Scott. Uh, also, um, fairly recent, eight years ago. Uh, Eight years ago, The Martian. Yes. Oh, wow. David Lean. Uh, Dr. Zhivago. Yes. Christopher Nolan. Uh, Inception. Yes. George Lucas. Not American Graffiti. Yes. American Graffiti. Yes. Wow. Oliver Stone. Uh, Salvador. Uh, no. Which was the first one you said? I said Platoon. Yeah. Salvador or um, no, don't tell me. It's just not Snowden. Not Oliver Stone. Oh, Born on the Fourth of July. Yes. *Sydney Lumet. Uh, Lume, um, uh, uh, oh god, uh, he did too much. Uh, uh, uh the, the verdict, yes, <sighs> Stanley Kubrick, um, not the shining, shining, no, no. Uh, uh, oh, uh, 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 Dr. Stratov, yes, Steven Spielberg, ET, uh, J- yes, uh, yeah. Clint Eastwood, Gran Torino, no, um, Changeling, no, uh, no. uh, uh wait, 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 wait. Uh, Mystic River, no, yes. Mystic River? yes, Mystic River, Mystic <sighs> River. It's harder, isn't it? He could have used to do Mystic River. He, dir- he directed that. Yeah, apparently oh. it's on this list. <laughs> it's a good workout, I isn't it? it? I you did, did it, I did it. Are you ready to go again with a new set of directors? Fuck yeah, let's do it. <laughs> wow. Oh yeah? my God. It's a okay. good workout. So you've got- So like, give me another, another two, two rounds. rounds? So I'm gonna give you another two rounds. So okay. I'm gonna give you one pass through. Okay. And then you have to do it again, but not name the films you've done. <sighs> okay, okay. How are you doing at home? Cause this is hard. Cause I thought, I'm I thought, it. you know, your awards, you know, your you know right. your thing, but I thought, can you do it twice over? Okay, George, here is a list of filmmakers. You have to tell me which one of their films has been nominated for best picture. This is quick fire. Ready, three, two, one, go. The Coen brothers. Uh, no Country for Old Men. Yes, Paul Thomas Anderson. Oh, Thomas Anderson, there will be the James Cameron. Uh, Avatar. Yes. Alejandro Iñárritu. uh, uh um, That is Birdman. Yes. David Fincher. Con uh, Girl? No. Uh, oh shit. Benjamin, Benjamin Button. Yes. Alfred Hitchcock. Vertigo? No. Psycho? No. Uh, 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 Marnie? No. No. Um, uh, Strangers on a Train? No. Um. Oh God. Moving on. Tarantino. No, North by Northwest. No.
1: Tarantino, Tarantino, Pop Fiction.
0: Yes. Billy Wilder. Uh, The Apartment. Yes. Francis Ford Coppola. Uh, The Godfather. Yes. John Ford. Uh, John Ford. Is that the man who would be king? No. Uh, John Ford. Uh, The Searchers. No. uh, Shane? No. No. Martin Scorsese. Uh, uh, The Wolf of Wall Street. Yes. William Wyler. Uh, the Searchers, Shame, uh, gu- 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 w- Wuthering Heights. Yes. Ah. Yeah. Is that the last one? <laughs> yeah, that's the last Thank one. my God, I did, that f- I did that at uni. <laughs> that's why I know that one. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, uh, oh. Some easy ones and some hard ones in okay. there, but they're all fair. They've so got these are all filmmakers list. that have been nominated more than once for Best Picture. These are yeah. easily, uh, the ones I've listed. I mean, that's Hitchcock, the last... how can I not get Hitchcock? That's, I'm so spaced. I would reveal it to you, but there are, with Hitchcock, there are... Several answers. Uh, Where is Hitchcock? There are four answers for Alfred Hitchcock. All right, let's do it again. Some of the hardest ones have some of the, they're they're the oldest ones, but they've got like 13 films that were nominated. The problem is they're sort of from, you know, up to 80 years ago. I think I know the William Wyler one. So you're ready? We're gonna go go in again, the same list of filmmakers, but you have to name another film. You cannot use any of the films that you used in the last round. Ready? We're gonna go in again. Three, two, one. The Coen brothers. Um, Fargo. Yes, Paul Thomas Anderson. Uh, Magnolia? No. Punch Love? No. Um uh, Peter? Yes. James Cameron. Avatar 2? Uh yes. Uh Ali, and Yuri 2. Um not Birdman. He did. What did he do? For the one before that. The one but be- oh God. Uh, the Revenant. Yes. David Fincher. Um uh, The Social Network? Yes. Alfred Hitchcock. The Birds? D- no. Oh gosh. We'll uh, do that at the end afterwards. Uh, Tarantino. Uh, um, um, Django yes Billy Wilder uh, uh, Some Like It Hot no Some Like It Hot is not are you joking <laughs> that's me that's not on my list <laughs> that one I'm sure that one But uh, it's Billy w- uh okay um, in that case Billy Wilder uh, uh, the old co- no, no the, the fortune cookie uh, uh, Billy but Wilder no it's put- hard they are old but never mind Francis Ford Coppola uh, uh, Godfather Part 2 yes John Ford it's um, hard you're doing very well John Ford, Westerns. Martin Scorsese. Uh, Martin Scorsese, uh, uh, The Departed. Yes, William Wyler. How Green Was My Valley? No. (sighs) Uh, William Wyler, William, Ben-Hur. Ben-Hur, Oh, did he? Yeah, all right, he's (laughs) got loads. Well done. (laughs)
1: okay would up. you like me to
0: read can you do the hitchcock and shall the i read hitchcock? you know what Shall i just read them out so for the cohen brothers yeah. you can have no country for old men yeah. fargo a serious man and true grit right paul thomas anderson you can have there will be blood phantom thread and licorice pizza got it. james cameron titanic and the avatars in inuritu you have babel birdman the babel. revenant yeah. babel uh david fincher you got benjamin button which you said social network and mank mank oh. and then alfred hitchcock it's rebecca foreign correspondent suspicion and spellbound Wow. They're not the, t- not the OG ones. Yeah, I know. Ones. It's that's why, I think that's about why it's tricky. Yeah. Tarantino, you've got Pulp Fiction, Inglourious yep. Bastards, Django, and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yep. Billy Wilder, you've got... Double, this, is, uh, this is from 1944 to 1960. Double Indemnity. Double Indemnity, The Lost Weekend, Sunset Boulevard, oh! Witness for the Prosecution and the Apartment, which he said first ah. time round. Francis Ford Coppola, you've got Godfathers 1 and 2, conversation. The Conversation, Apocalypse Now, Part 3. Uh, John Ford, you've got Arrowsmith, the, inform- I mean, uh, the informer... from 1930. Arrowsmith, the informer, stagecoach, The Grapes of Wrath, Long Voyage Home, How Green Was My Oh, the he's... Quiet Man, Mister Roberts, uh, How the West Was Won. So they've got le- these old filmmakers have got loads. They just the dominance in the Oscars in the '30s and '40s. Uh, Scorsese, you've got Taxi Driver, Raging Bull, Goodfellas, Gangs in New York, The Aviator, The Departed, Hugo, The Wolf of Wall Street, The Irishman. Bloody hell! That's it, killing it. And then William Wyler. It's hu- it's hard, but he's got so many. Dodsworth, Dead End, Jezebel, Wuthering Heights, The Letter, The Little Foxes, Miss Minnie, Miss Miniver, Mrs Miniver, yeah. uh, The Best Years of Our Lives, The Heiress, the, uh, Roman Holiday, Friendly oh. Persuasion, Ben Hur, Funny Girl. So oh, wow, yes, that's hard, and I think you did very well. You did better than I would have done. But th- he's also got so many there. Yeah. So there it. you go. That was a For real. That was a really te- a real test. Yeah. A real wow. test of it. But um, there you go, guys. Thank you so much. Yes. So, we hope that really sort of set your uh, <laughs> Tickled your, CPU your appetite. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of, pod, uh, of the podcast. Don't forget, we post new episodes of the show every single Wednesday. And as you guys know, we post bonus content as well. We've got a bonus episode coming out later this week about Quantum Quantumania, now that's on uh, yes. uh, uh, streaming. So Next week we're doing Boas Afraid, stay tuned for that. Yes, absolutely. And um, just continue. Like and subscribe, follow us, share us, leave us a comment, leave us a review, give us a five-star thing on Spotify. All that stuff really makes a difference, it really matters. We really appreciate your support. Click Thank the you so subscribe much. button on Spotify so you get our... Uh, Get our stuff, or in any podcast that you're listening yeah. to. Get our stuff when it drops. Get the notification for when we drop an episode. Early Wednesday or somewhat midday Thursday. We, I wanted happens. to let, let you know when James and I blink, okay? Yes. We need to be up to date. Yeah, When George has a grape in between meals, <laughs> I want you to know. So specific, but I don't. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. So. You say, <laughs> thank you so much, guys. Stay tuned for next week. Thank you. See you next week.